Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Today's episode of The Other Stories has been sponsored by me, Luke Condor. That's Condor with a K. I have written a new book, an absurd comedy novel called My Dog Shits Cash. It's about a depressed man called Nathan Alabaster, and at the start of the story his life has gone to hell, but luckily his childhood dog moves in. She's amazing, she shits cash, can talk to Nathan with her mind, and once taught the kid down the street how to speak Japanese. Also, she can catch. It's sweet like a Pixar movie, but riotous and absurd. And I'm running a small crowdfunding campaign to produce a limited hardcover edition along with the audio adaptation. And I'd absolutely love to see some of you TOS listeners over there. For more, head over to lukecondor.com forward slash cash or click in the link in the show notes. Today's episode is Remade, written by Paul M. Feeney and narrated by Manny Realguy. With the room awash in wavering candlelight, Isabella lowers me onto the large, luxurious bed, then climbs astride my supine form, shaking her lustrous dark hair to one side. Under other circumstances, I might be shaking with passion, aroused and inflamed. As it is, my heart does race and sweat beads my skin, but none of this is from lust, 
Rather, it is fear and apprehension, and perhaps a little excitement. I will admit that much to myself, no matter the reasons I do this. And this I do willingly. She leans down, her hair soft against my face, and whispers in my ear. It will feel like dying at first, my love. Dying, but then, oh, then you will be alive as never before. Before I can reply, to ask a question, change my mind perhaps in an instinctive reaction, she bites into the soft tissues of my neck. I have a moment to think it isn't so bad as I distantly feel warm blood flow, feel and hear her gently supping at the wound. It might almost be pleasant even. Then pain such as I have never experienced in my life engulfs me and amid white blinding light which silently explodes in my mind, I pass out. The first rule is we must never be caught in daylight. It kills our kind instantly, returns us to dust. Never again may you watch a sunset and if you would so choose it, there would be only one final sunrise. Darkness is our protection. Night is our time. I nod my understanding. Three full days I remained bedridden. Three days and nights I lay there whilst my body changed, and it might not have been so bad had I remained unconscious through it, but I awoke after the first day to spend the remaining two screaming as though I were a flame. It felt it, and wailing as if I were being torn limb from limb. It felt that too. But now, I am better, though still weak as a newborn lamb. And am I not newborn? Just as Isabella promised me, I am remade. I have suffered the crucible and survived. Already I feel some great shift within. Now I must learn. The second rule follows the first. As we keep to darkness and shadow, so we must keep to secrecy. No one can know of our natures or our lairs. We walk forever alone, or amongst those few of our kind whose company we may keep those we choose to accompany us. At this she gives me a coy look I struggle to reconcile with the strong, powerful being I know she is. This night we are perched atop one of London's beautiful churches with only grim, gothic gargoyles for company in the misty gloom. My strength is returning, though I still feel lethargic, a weariness which seeps down into my very being, but that shift I sensed is growing. Hearing, vision, smell, all are already much greater than before. I am aware of pedestrians far below us, making their way in the fog-shrouded streets. Their muffled footsteps come to me, their murmured voices. I know I should not be able to hear them from here, but I can, and more is to come, I am promised. It feels to me as though I am on the precipice of some great adventure, a journey into unknown worlds and imaginings but one which may also bring trepidation and threat. It is much the same as the feeling which pervades the city, and the wider world, I suppose, as it teeters on the edge of the great new century. London, my London, my beautiful, flawed city, has seen much darkness recently, most notably the awful, bloody crimes in Whitechapel, and ones more recent. And there has been much else, both here and further afield, to lessen the general mood of the populace, Perhaps the turn of the century will raise hopes again, usher in a new era as I am being ushered into a new existence, a new state of being. Who can tell? Hope is always a fragile, tenuous thing, even in one such as I have now become. One thing I have noticed is the elements do not seem to bother my physical self. The cold, the damp, 
None of it penetrates my flesh, as if a smouldering fire burns within, repelling it all. Or perhaps I have simply lost the ability to feel, a human weakness I no longer carry. In this unnatural state, nature no longer affects me. But still I feel reborn, ready to accept whatever strength this new life could offer me. Before Isabella can tell me, I ask, rather impudently, what is the third rule? She smiles indulgently. It is tied to the second, secrecy. In feeding, we must leave no trace of our passing. Our prey must appear as though they died from natural causes or accidents. We choose at random, ranging far and wide, lest undue attention is brought to our deeds. I nod slowly, contemplating this. Tonight we walk through Hyde Park. Though empty at this late hour, it buzzes with life to my new senses. Idly, I toss a slim, sturdy branch I have found in one hand. I am reminded, incongruously, of a time when I was a child and would go pelting through the local forest with friends, shouting and laughing, playing with such sticks, pretending they were swords, spears, staffs of power. But that feels like another life. It was another life. I believed myself alive then, but how simple and meagre that feeling was. Now I truly am alive. I can hear birds wheeling in the sky as if they are mere feet away from me. I can sense the worms munching solidly through the earth. I am aware of every living being in this city, animal and man, through their heartbeats, through the rush of their blood, through the murmur of a multitude of voices and calls. My eyes pick out the finest detail from hundreds of metres away, and my strength and reflexes. I can leap up to the top of a tall building, lift far more than my body weight. I am faster than I have ever been, able to flit like a shadow, and Isabella promises more after my first feeding. I must admit, that particular thought does trouble me. Yet from her, I sense little. There is no pulse, no blood flow and only the faint stink of death and old blood. She is, as a whole, cut in the world, a portal to somewhere dead and lifeless. How strange, how ironic that the world should seem so vital, so vivid to us when we ourselves are merely animated corpses. Yes, I am as alive as never before, alive in all ways except perhaps the one that most counts. These thoughts send my mind down a dark path, so I speak, mostly to turn to other contemplations. How long have you been in London, Isabella? She turns to me. I arrived here perhaps two months ago, which means we should soon move on, if you'll come with me. Again, that unlikely, timid smile. I return it, but mine feels strange on my face, as though it is the faintest impression of happiness, an imposter. I think back to when I first met Isabella. I believe I knew what she was even before I saw her, or at least knew something was stalking my beloved city again. Bodies had begun to show up here and there drained of blood and with similar injuries. These corpses were few enough and found in distant enough parts of London to rule out the possibility of another ripper, or at least that's how the authorities and the newspapers preferred it. The general feeling was one of fatigue and following the cessation of the activities of Jack the Ripper it was deemed prudent to not whip the populace up into another frenzied panic. Reports of the deaths were downplayed in the papers, the injuries and mechanism of death barely described. 
No one linked the killings together and certainly no one put together the unusual neck wounds and the lack of blood in the victims. And really, who would countenance the existence of a supernatural being? But I had read Mr. Stoker's new book and I was already well versed in various myths and legends. What others may have dismissed as pure fantasy, I grew to believe as fact. London was playing host to a vampire. I decided I had to find such a creature, and it became my obsession. Yet even I could not have foreseen what form this monster would take. Risking my own well-being, I took to wandering the streets at night. I saw all manner of depraved and terrible acts, the brutality of humanity laid bare. Yet I also saw the invisible side of London, denizens who kept the city running and did so unnoticed and unthanked. Sadly, it was mainly these who were the targets of my vampire. One night, hidden behind a stationary cart, I spotted a rather well-dressed woman lure a poor nightman, perhaps on his way to his employment, into an alley, thence to emerge a few minutes later daintily wiping her mouth. Upon investigation, I found the body of the man in a similar state as those others, and I knew I'd found my vampire. I hurried after her and stopped her and was astonished at her beauty when she turned to me. She was tall, dark and completely intimidating. I began to doubt my convictions, but I hurried to say I knew her nature and wanted to become as she was. Perhaps she took pity on me, perhaps she did it for her own amusement, perhaps she saw something in me, a darkness to match her own, or perhaps I was simply lucky she had just fed. Whichever it was, she decided not to kill me there and then and kept company with me. And then when I felt she was ready, when we had grown closer, she granted my request. My love? Her voice brings me back and I see her gentle face creased in mild puzzlement. I move closer to embrace her. Her head tilts towards mine. I think... She waits. I never finish. Instead, I casually drive the stick I'm still holding, sharp at one end, chosen for just this reason, into her chest, reaching behind and holding tightly to stop her pulling away. Isabella looks up at me, brow furrowed as if she cannot comprehend what is happening. When I feel the stick emerge from the other side of her body, I step back and she slumps to the ground, her back against a thick tree. A thick line of blood traces her passage down its trunk. I was the detective assigned to your case. I'm sure we missed many of your first victims, but you must have slipped up, forgotten your third rule. We began to notice patterns. No longer did you make much attempt to disguise your crimes. I had my suspicions as to your nature, but no one would have believed me. I even thought myself mad at times, but I came to believe. I knew this was the only way. You would never be arrested or brought before the justice system. I had to become like you in order to find you, in order to stop you. Blood froths from her mouth. She gurgles. Why? Tears leak from my eyes. It seems not all of me has changed. Because I love this city and its people, and you are an abomination, as am I now. I do not know what I expected. An all-consuming fire, a burst of ashes, but she simply dies slowly, exhaling each weakening breath in clouds of pink, bubbling blood. Then it is done. I feel empty, but it is done. If you choose it, there would be only one final sunrise. Isabella was right. I sit atop the church, awaiting the sun. I feel it beyond the horizon, an avalanche of fire. 
My entire being wants to flee, screeches at me to hide, but I won't. For I also feel the bloodlust, the hunger, an urge growing within to kill and feed, growing as my strength and power grows, and I will not condemn myself to that existence. I will not allow innocence to suffer at my hands. Instead, I will end myself and give my beloved city a measure of peace, a small measure of fragile hope. I see the first slit of light in the distance, like the dawning of the new century. I close my eyes and wait for its purifying fire. I do not have to wait long. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Remade was written by Paul M. Feeney, narrated by Manny Real Guy, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesounds.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course, to Ben Errington for rambling all the way to the depths of Middle Earth to throw in one tweet to rule them all into the fiery depths of social media Mordor. Paul M. Feeney was born in Scotland, has moved all around the UK, and currently lives in Aberdeen. An avid and passionate fiction reader, his first love being horror and all things dark, he started writing in 2011, was first published in 2014, and has a number of short stories in publication or forthcoming. He also has released two novellas so far, The Last Bus, Crowded Quarantine Publications, 2015, and Kids, Dark Minds Press, 2016. In 2020, his novelette, Curse, was released by Domain Publishing, the second published story featuring his shape-shifting PI, Garrison Wake. Under the name Paul Michaels, he writes the occasional review for horror website This Is Horror, as well as writing less genre-oriented stories. He's currently working on his first novel, as well as numerous other short stories and novellas. There'll be a link to all of his work in the show notes. Manny Real Guy was forged in the centre of a supernova 10,000 years from now, riding the cosmic waves and feasting on dying planets and shitting out stars. So what about you? Have you always dreamed of writing short and scary fiction but have not known where to start? Or perhaps you're the kind of person who has a million rough drafts sitting on their hard drives with no endings? Or you're always off in your own world doodling monsters in your mind's eye, wondering how to get those creatures out from your brain and onto the page? Then you might be interested in joining in on our Getting Started Writing Short Horror Stories mini-course. Within the seven days, you'll get daily videos with tutorials and tips along with downloadable worksheets, access to a private chat room where you'll get access to our writers, along with your course colleagues, all ready to answer questions with the bounce ideas off of, a critique of your short story from two professional horror writers with suggestions for next steps, and a couple of celebratory drinks via Zoom. Limited spots are available, so jump in as soon as possible over at theiverstories.net forward slash courses. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.